Good Saturday morning, everybody. Welcome to Your Next Chapter. It's all a production of Avery Heights Senior Living Community. Avery Heights is a 43-acre senior living community with a full continuum of care, including independent and assisted living, memory care, and a whole lot more. Now, this show will provide helpful hints and tips and resources for older adults that will empower as well as encourage you in your life's journey. Now, topics related to physical and emotional health, financial health, senior living communities, and a whole lot more. Siobhan, good morning. Nice to see you. Good morning. Good to be here. How uh, how was your week? My week was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun. Um, like I said, I told you I've been working out a lot. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm it's nice. right now. Eating healthy and Eating working healthy, out? Yes. Look at you. Yes. The Mediterranean diet. I, you know, I just had a, oh, uh, last week. I love Mediterranean salads. Yeah. It's good. It's oh, good. yeah. I we, love the greens. I love the greens. Yeah. 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 Talk about healthy. Last weekend, it was a long weekend. We had that Labor Day weekend. Yes. Some, some not so good weather on Labor Day, but, but nonetheless, hey, hey you, we're not working. So, I mean, you're with family. That's always a good thing. I did thing. cheat a little bit, though. I went to brunch and I had eggs Benedict. That is not on the Mediterranean. You knew what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you. It's hard on a that holiday not weekend. Not on the Mediterranean diet. How do you go to a cookout and say, uh, "No, I'm not going to have any of that yeah. stuff you're grilling." And then I had creme brulee for dessert. It wasn't good. Yeah, but see, here's how I look at it. <laughs> if you're good for all of the other days, yes. Okay. I, I knew a person who was on a diet and on six days a week. That they had one cheat day, and it was like a Saturday almost every week. Smart. Right? And that's when she'd go out for ice cream and, and popcorn and whatever. Yep. Um, and really, it prevented her from cheating on the other six days. Exactly. And we went for a long walk afterwards, too. We were down in the Middletown area, East Hampton. Mm-hmm. So we were for a long walk by the water, and it was absolutely awesome. Speaking yeah. of walks. I know. There are, well, <laughs> and, and this is timed perfectly because- yes. You wouldn't want to have gone for a long walk just a couple of weeks ago when it was, you know, mid-90s with oppressive humidity. Right. Uh, You want to know what kills me? I'll be driving home on days like that. It'll be be 95. I'll leave the radio station. It's like, you know, one in the afternoon. I'm driving home, and I see somebody on the side of the road, and they're just jogging. And I'm like... (laughs) And you know, Well, and here's the... No, no, no. no. And I'm not... I'm not... Yeah. Uh, It's like, jog. Go for it. There's... Before you go to work, or as most people, people like to sleep to the last possible second in the morning. But like at home, yeah. in the evening, yeah. you know, sunsets, you know, at, uh, it's a little earlier now. But I'm thinking to myself, uh, it's cooler. Yeah. Why in the world are these people in full jog at two at like noon? This two. is the time to walk, though, the fall and fall in the spring. Because you got the nice weather in the morning and the nice weather in the afternoon. This is the best time because you're not sweating. You're not... No. Couldn't agree more. Perfect timing. Introduce our guests that we have this week. Our walking guests. <laughs> they, they walked all the way here. That's how much they like walking. <laughs> so I'm glad to introduce Graham and Kristen from the uh, Greater Hartford Alzheimer's Walks. And they're going to talk about the Alzheimer's Association, which is near and dear to my heart. I was actually on the board of the Alzheimer's Association uh, a few years back. And we did all sorts of fun stuff like the Brain Ball and... It's a great organization. Uh, you know, I always tell everybody, anyone that has families, dementia, Alzheimer's, and it's so many people, they'll say, I'll say, are you connected with the Alzheimer's Association? No. And I'm like, no. 
That's your heart there. That's mm. your support. That's what's going to lift you up. That's what's going to get you through the tough days if you have a loved one that has that. So I'm really honored to have them here as my guest. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I did an Alzheimer's walk uh, about four years ago. Very nice. Of course, weather is everything. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like I think I would have chosen if it had rained that day. I would have because you have a whole bunch of them. I would have chosen another week, but the weather just cooperated very, very nicely. Um, so, welcome to the show. A lot of us are familiar with the Alzheimer's Association, but for those who uh, may not be, please tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Thank you so much for having us. We are so excited to be heading into walk season, walk to the Alzheimer's season. We have six across the state and this fall, and we are just inviting everyone to come. And the Alzheimer's Association, are really our main goal is to be there for caregivers, to be there for people who are going through this disease, be there for people who are at risk for this mm. disease. And what we do is we help the 80,000 people living in Connecticut with Alzheimer's and their caregivers, many who are unpaid family members. And we help them with education classes, support groups, care consultations where, hey, I have got this disease now in my family. What do I do? Call us and we can help guide you through the process. Are are you talking to the individual who has dementia, who has Alzheimer's? Are you talking with their families? All of the above. And, and when you speak with, who do you speak with first usually? Who's usually the, the initial person to make contact? To make the call. It's usually yeah. a caregiver. Yeah, it's I would imagine. A caregiver. But what's great to know is as you go on and learn more about what you can do, you realize that we have these great things called early stage engagement activities. So people in the early stages of the disease can do music bingo and we have uh, choirs and we have museum programs and things for people to stay activated and connected because that's so crucial. Once you get a diagnosis, it is an insidious disease, really, um, and it's it's slow uh, from the ex- the experience that I've had with with it, um, where the onsets of of dementia and eventually getting to the stage of Alzheimer's. Because people they they seem to use dementia and Alzheimer's kind of interchangeably, when in fact they're very different. Um, and and but but when you get to the latter stages, I mean, it it takes it's a slow process at least what by by what i've witnessed um and where you see the decline in 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 memory in in where it goes from just you know simple functions that you do on a on a routine basis where you you know where you become forgetful more and more and more more often Uh, but talk about Talk about the different stages or, I don't know, levels maybe? Would that be a better you know, term? Or maybe just to start off to explain the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's. There you go. Right? Because I think that that's really confusing to some people. And dementia is actually the umbrella term of symptoms that you experience when you have this disease. So the confusion, the behavior because you're frustrated, the repeating of stories, the getting lost coming home from somewhere. That's what dementia is. Alzheimer's is actually the biological disease and the changes in your brain that causes the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So there are different things that cause those symptoms of dementia. Alzheimer's is one. That's the most common type. There's Lewy body dementia, which my Mm. mom had, so I'm familiar with that. There is vascular dementia, which may happen after a brain uh, stroke or a TIA. Uh, There is frontotemporal. There's mixed dementia. So there's different types of biological changes in the brain that cause those symptoms of dementia. We use those terms interchangeably, and we're the Alzheimer's Association, but we deal with all the different types of dementia. Do we know yet um, 
Do we know yet what specifically causes it? Is it genetic? Um, is, if families have history of it, uh, are you more apt or are you more prone if someone in your family has had it? Or is it environmental? Is it biological? Is it... Do we know any of that? Yeah, we know a lot of stuff. Yeah, good, Age good. is the greatest risk factor, right? So unfortunately, most of the folks who are diagnosed are diagnosed over the age of 65, but more people are diagnosed now in their in their 30s and 40s and 50s even. there's a It's really a younger onset situation sometimes. Um, there are other risk factors in addition to that. Um, there's a small genetic risk factor, and if your uh, loved one, your mother or your father or your sibling has the disease, um, they um, you are at a, bit, a greater risk of getting the disease. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. There's environmental factors. There's a race situation where um, black African-Americans are two times as likely to develop Alzheimer's and Latino Hispanics are one and a half times. What we do know is that sometimes people come forth with already some of those issues like the risk factors like the heart issues Mm. or the diabetes or blood sugar concerns. So there are lots of things. We are looking into doing more research and more inclusive research, including people in research trials is so critical and really what we're focusing on because this isn't just a disease for white people. This is a disease for everyone, unfortunately. What kind of, and I'm listening, as I'm listening to you, what kind of strides have we made in combating? Well, we do have uh, a new drug that was, um, that was approved by the FDA last year albeit involved in some controversy, but it is a drug that actually attacks the amyloid plaques, which is one of the biomarkers in your brain and gets rid of it, to give families more time. There are, the good thing about news about that is that that's the first generation and there are four more that are scheduled to come before the FDA in the next 18 months. So there are other generations of drugs that could actually disease modify. We have never had a disease modifying drugs. Mm -hmm. The drugs that we have deal with symptoms only. Now, we also are looking at, and haven't talked about this in a while, brain health, lifestyle interventions, like you guys were talking about, the Mediterranean diet, walking, making sure there are 10 ways to love your brain, making sure that your head is protected when you're biking, getting enough sleep, the gut-brain connection. There's just so much. Yeah, I saw your face getting enough sleep. (laughs) That is a challenge. But when you get that sleep, make sure that it's good sleep because when you sleep, you can actually have the toxins washed from your brain. Mm. So there's a lot of great research out there about things we can do now to reduce our risk later. And medications too, right? Like if you take like something for like if you have a stomach diarrhea or something, those medications that kind of dry out the brain. Does that do it too? Like any histamines? I thought I I went to a seminar one time and they mentioned that. I know there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, the gut-brain connection Mm. and a lot of talk about actually sleep aids, right? So probably not so good if you take a lot of those sleep aids. They're not good for your brain. I know you're making faces like the sleep <laughs> well, issue is a big know. deal for morning, morning DJs. Oh, jeez. If you, yeah, you knew the time I went to bed and, and got up regularly. It's, I mean, if you did this once every now and then, you'd be like, well, you know, we all have had, had nights or mornings like that. But five days a week when you go to bed at 1130 and get up at 4, mm-hmm. 415, you know, weekends are a little different. But I know I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh. Ouch, this <laughs> well, there's a lot of things we could do now, and that's what's really important is it's yeah. never too late to start these things. It's never too late to start doing things to reduce your risk later. When did this when did this become a thing? For me, I remember I remember hearing the word Alzheimer's in the late 80s, and it was really it was surrounding Reagan. Um, prior to that, it was 
Oh, don't listen to him. He's going senile, which is a word I never hear anymore. It was ah, uh, uh, they're just going senile. Well, now it's 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 just. When did all this occur? Uh, I'm sure it predates my memory. I want to say probably 30 years ago, but I think 30 years well, ago is probably 50 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say that's 30. I mean, um, it's already 35 years since Alzheimer's Reagan. Alzheimer's so. was discovered in the early 1900s, to be honest. Really? With you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, people were thought that it was just a part of normal aging, which is a big myth. It is not. Not everyone has to get this disease. Not everyone gets this disease. It's not, oh, grandma's just senile. Put her in the back of the room there. Right. And we'll uh, give her right. some food and some TV. That's not how it works. It's not every, there are 101 year olds who are incredibly sharp, you know, so it's not that everyone has this disease. And the good thing about it is when you learn and you know what these early signs are, i.e. come to a 10 signs class that we teach and you can learn what they are, then you know when it's time to take your memory concerns to a doctor. Yeah, because you, you we're, we're, we've talked about this many a time, Siobhan, mm-hmm. where you, you have somebody 101, 102 years old and they're sharp as a tack. You know, they had somebody with uh, Louis body, like, well, Robin Williams, right? Didn't he, he had that. Um, and he wasn't, was his late 60s, yeah. I think, is what he was, what he was at the time. Um, what are some things that we as caregivers or as the, the children of some of these individuals with, um, Alzheimer's, what can we be on the lookout for? Are there telltale signs where, ooh, where maybe one thing in and of itself, ah, brain fog, ugh, what happened? But if it's over and over, if it's consistent, what should we be looking out for and maybe taking note of? Yeah, I think one of the things to look out for is um, the short-term memory issues. So if you're like, um, we had breakfast already, Mom. Oh, no, I'm hungry again. I want to have breakfast. Or, you know, the, So it tends to happen in this disease that the short-term memory goes away and the longer-term memories remain. So maybe some short-term memory issues, like they forgot that they recently went somewhere. Like I said, forgetting how to come home from a familiar place. You know, that's that's a concern. Um you know, having there's visual spatial issues, you know, with my mom, for example, um, she was she was nicking the car because she was having a hard time getting into the into the garage. Right. So like having some visual and hitting the curbs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So having some visual spatial issues, there are a lot of signs, but it's more about like looking at them as a whole. Um, if you have your keys in your hand. All right. Losing your keys. That doesn't mean. Did you have Alzheimer's? I hope not, because right. I know some people who lose their keys on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. But having the keys in your hand and not knowing what they do, right? Or, or having being in your car and not knowing the R is reverse and D is drive, right? So uh, things like that. Hmm. So think about these things. I would say as, as a caregiver, someone concerned, go to one of those classes or you can look up online, alz.org slash CT. Look up what the 10 signs are. Call our helpline, if I could just throw that in, 800 800- It's our 800 helpline that anyone can call at any time with any questions about dementia. It's free. I'm glad to hear that. Well, we want to mention that as as often as we can throughout this show. Because when you, you know what really got me when you you said it's not a matter of uh, where did I put my keys or when I put my glasses um, or where did I put, because we all say that and that doesn't mean we've got any form of dementia. But why? What do what do these do? Or what does that army? Yeah, that's mm. that really hits. Tell us about the services that you guys offer. So we do have those. 
those uh, education classes, which are free, and they are um, most of them online. We pivoted during COVID. We okay. went online like everybody else, and we were actually able to serve more people, which was quite amazing because instead of having to drive somewhere, wow, you could bad. just you could just <laughs> pop into the next room and, and go and go on Zoom. So we have education classes on everything from what are the ten signs to effective communications, how to speak to someone who has this disease. Big, one of the big myths I like to say is. You cannot make them come into your reality anymore. You have to go into theirs. You have to meet them where they are, which is just such a key thing to being able to speak to somebody and never arguing, right? So those kinds of things. We have care consultations. Like I mentioned, when you get diagnosed, you can call us and we can sit down with you and help guide you through the process. We have support groups for adults, for children, for those living with the disease. It's really important to know you're not alone. So talking to other people, just getting their advice, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, we have a lot of different things that we do, um, which we need to raise money for. And that's why, you know, we have these big events like our walks. And we are very excited about our walks. Graham, tell me about these walks because I'm looking at them and it looks like you've got, oh, my goodness, a half a dozen or so. Um, and they all – they begin very shortly on Saturday, September 24th. And they really kind of run through uh, the mid-October. Um, so – what are the what's its what's its purpose? How much money are you expected to raise, and where does that money go? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again very much for the opportunity to be here. Um, so the Walk to End Alzheimer's events themselves are our largest fundraising platform. There's over 600 throughout the nation. Um, as you mentioned, there we have six in the state of Connecticut beginning in September. Our first mega weekend is on the 24th, where we have two walks in one day, and then one on uh, the Sunday. Um, as well, and then they proceed through um, the last event is on October 16th at Rentschler Field. Walks themselves are opportunities for folks. Um, a lot of time it's their first touch point to the Alzheimer's Association and what we do. Um, it's where we gather folks of all ages to come together, celebrate, remember um, their loved ones, and find out additional information about the Alzheimer's Association. How long are the walks? They vary in length, um, anywhere from 1.5 to 3 miles, depending on the oh. site and location and how much space we have in the communities to utilize. But how many people do you usually get at these? Hundreds. Hundreds to thousands is always our expectation. Wow. Really? That many? There's a humongous need for what we do, and our fundraisers are incredibly dedicated and loyal, and they realize that without these critical funds, we can't do what we do and keep our programs and services free for so, the caregivers uh, and loved ones. Hi. So hi, explain to me how this works. Walk me through this. So sure. uh, I'm going to go and, and walk on on one of these days. Yep. Um, do I just fill out a form and pay an entry fee, or, or do I get sponsors to sponsor uh, me, or how does this? Sure. Yeah, well, we keep it real simple, frankly. Um, we do have a website. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a website, a fundraising platform, where we encourage folks to register um, themselves. They sign up um, and give some information related to their address and uh, T-shirt size. Um, we also encourage folks to um, form a team. So, a team? Yeah. So we'd have a, a team here at the station, right? Okay. And all you and your coworkers can join the team and then fundraise together using that platform. Um, teams, uh, you don't have to be on a team. You can sign up as a participant as well. There's no fee to register, although we do encourage fundraising to receive the T-shirts for the walks. Um, we have a minimum fundraising expectation of $100. Oh, that's not too bad. It's not too bad at all. And most teams far surpass that goal. The money that is generated, mm -hmm. um, number one, where does it go? Does it stay here within state 
or, or do you ship it off to the national headquarters? Or? So we are a national organization. Our office is located in Chicago, although the programs and services that we raise this money for helps folks right here in Connecticut. Okay. Generally speaking, how much have you been able to raise through these walks? Um, nationally, um, no. Let's say right here, these six in Connecticut in the past, in years past. Uh, right? Last year, we raised uh, over one point three four million dollars. Now we're cooking with gas here. Yes, this is what I wanted to. This is why I said it more for the state of Connecticut. This yeah. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, good for you guys. I'm proud of the work yeah. that you're doing. That's, that's that that number two. I should make mention that's made up of our walks, our peer to peer fundraising events. But then we are also sponsored by some great organizations, both locally. Um, and larger corporations throughout the state of Connecticut as well. Folks, you are listening to Your Next Chapter, a production of Avery Heights Senior Living Community. Uh, Siobhan is, is here. We're, I know. And Avery Heights will be walking. Yay! Yay! All right! Yeah, Avery Heights is also a sponsor of the, of the um, Hartford event. Graham Cobbs, manager of the Greater Hartford Walk to L, uh, and Alzheimer's. Also, uh, Kristen Casado, director of communications for Alzheimer's Association. Um uh, there's a, I gotta be a tremendous amount of research involved in, in all of this. And it's, it's just like, it's like probably peeling back layers and layers of an onion. Um, tell us about that. So, very exciting. I just came back from a huge research conference nice. in San Diego. I'm also a research champion, which doesn't mean that I'm uh, a researcher or a doctor. I'm not even I just, worthy to be in the I room. Just, <laughs> I just learned about the research, and I can share it with you guys. So, um, you know, we we are funding, at present, the Alzheimer's Association is funding $2 million in research right here in Connecticut. Wow. Yeah, wow. and people are really looking at interesting things. You think it's all drug development, but it's not at all. Mm. Um, we are looking at, in, for example, at UConn, uh, health. We are looking at a gentleman who's looking at the difference between and the connection between depression and dementia. There is somebody at Yale who's looking at the very unique types of Alzheimer, unique types of dementia presented with language issues or visual issues. There's also someone at Yale who is now looking at alcohol misuse oh. and dementia. There's a lot of great research happening right here in the state. Yeah. And it's very exciting with these younger researchers and out-of-the-box research. There's such... If you wanted to get involved in research, check it out. Go to Trial Match. Trial Match on our website is a way you can get involved in clinical trials and you find out what's near you. You can be involved even as someone who's a caregiver or someone who doesn't have the disease. And it can be something as simple as filling out some questions and they'll watch your cognitive changes to hopping on a treadmill to, you know, a drug development, drug testing. So there is so much research going on. And now, like I was saying, the lifestyle research, that's really hot right now. I think that's the saddest one is when we see folks at the community that it's substance abuse that may have brought on their Alzheimer's or dementia. It's so sad to know that you might have caused this on yourself. And I think in some ways some people say it's the most agitated uh, where we've had people just walking and walking and walking and just can't relax. What about think, the, yeah. the the flowers and, and the ceremony and all of that that, ha- that occur at these walks? I want to go back and talk about these walks one yeah, more time absolutely. before we wrap things no, up. No, I here. can talk about walk all day long. It's an amazing event. <laughs> um, the flowers themselves are um, a very special portion and I would say far more important than the distance that we walk. Um, it's, it's our promise garden ceremony, which takes place at the beginning of the day. 
Um, and then our walks begin immediately after that. But our promise garden ceremonies are we, where we bring folks up on stage. Um, as you arrive to the walk, you can stop at the check-in tent to turn in any additional donations that you have, although we do encourage folks to raise money online by using either our mobile app or directly through the website. But once you checked in, um, you can head right to the Promise Garden um, tent, we call it, and you can pick up a flower of your choice. There are four different colors that represent four different um, associations and connections to the disease. Um, the flowers themselves are large pinwheels. So if you can grab a visual kind of of what I'm saying here through the radio, it's an amazing um, visual scene when everyone holds up the flowers together in the wind. Um, but there's four different colors. We have blue, yellow, orange, and purple. <laughs> I would hope purple. <laughs> yes, and we do That's the purple. first color that would have yeah. comes to my mind. Yeah, and 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 I'm gonna actually, Kristen, you want to go into a little bit deeper detail on those colors? Just real quick. Blue is if you have the disease. Yellow is if you're a caregiver. Orange is it you are a supporter. And purple is if you've lost someone. Gotcha. And the white one, real quick. Yeah, and the white is 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 really a moving part of the ceremony. That's the last flower to be announced, and that will represent our first survivor of which we've yet to find. Folks, these walks are coming up in eastern Connecticut on Saturday, September 24th, and western Connecticut Saturday, also on Saturday, September 24th. Yeah, two going on at the same day. It's going to be hard. Yeah, to... that's our mega weekend. So yeah. oh, two that... on the same day and then one the following in New that's, Haven. That's right, the following day in New Haven on Sunday the 25th of uh, September. Then we head into October uh, through central Connecticut Sunday, October 2nd, Sunday, October 9th in Fairfield County, and then on Sunday... Um, October 16th in Greater Hartford. Really quick, take me, I, in, in one minute or less, take me through what a typical day is. What can somebody expect on, on walk day? Um, so right upon arrival, you'll be greeted by volunteers within the organization that can kind of um, escort you to the site itself. Um, once you're in the area, all the events have DJs, so it's a fun, festive environment. Several of our events have kid zones um, that are specifically to keep the children entertained during the walk. It's not a long experience. Are I they city say. streets, or is it around a track? It's, it's is a it variety a- of both. Depending okay. on where the sites are located at Rentschler Field, we utilize um, the long walking area around and actually go sure. through the state. Stadium as well. Very yeah. nice. And then we have the Promise Garden ceremony. Like I said, there's a DJ. Um, folks of all ages attend and then begin the walk. I heard the word volunteer a minute ago. Is, is this something that you're always looking for? And, and how does one get in touch? Yeah, to absolutely. So we can't do what we do as an organization without our amazing volunteers. And um, as far as staff partners goes, there's not too many of us in Connecticut. So we, we have a, an army of volunteers, though, that volunteer in all aspects, whether it's our programs and caregivers or at walks themselves. Yeah, because I'm thinking to myself, well, what can we do? How can we help? What can we do to help the Alzheimer's Association? Call me, and I'll get you in touch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no, as simple as that. It's as simple as that. <laughs> DM you, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, the number one step is, is first just, you know, we can cater to whatever time you have. Um, we will work with your schedule, and it's very important to me that everyone that volunteers has an impactful and really relevant feeling from the day. Kristen, talk about that helpline once again and why it's so why it's so key. Absolutely. 800-272-3900, 24-hour helpline with trained social workers on the other end. You can ask any question about dementia. You could say, hey, I need a doctor in Bloomfield. Or, hey, um, my mother is at the door. It's 2 a.m. with her bags packed, wanting to go home, and she's home. How do I talk her down from this? How do mm. I reduce the agitation? So that 800 number is key. I just encourage everyone to use it. Again, you are not alone. I want to thank our guest, Kristen Casado, Director of Communications for the Alzheimer's as well. Um, I, I, really, I appreciate the work that you do as well. Graham Cobbs, Manager of the Greater Hartford Walk. 
to end Alzheimer's. Uh, of course, folks, you've been listening to the latest edition of Your Next Chapter, Senior Living with Avery Heights. Please be sure to join one of these walks that I just mentioned uh, if you are able to. Again, for more information on the Connecticut Alzheimer's Walk 2022, go to alz.org forward slash CT. Or again, that helpline, 800-272-3900. For Siobhan Seferelli, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening. Until next Saturday, have a good one, everybody. So long.